Welcome to Questions from the Closet. I'm Ben Shalati. And I'm Charlie Bird. Each episode, we discuss a question that we commonly get asked as LGBTQ Latter-day Saints. We're not trying to answer this question or come to a consensus, but simply sharing our perspectives. Today's question is, what do I do when going to church is hard? Ben and I are not terribly diverse, and we share many opinions and life experiences. For example, both of us go to Great Clips to get our hair cut. That's true. I've been going there since I moved back to Provo. Uh, however, there are some pretty big differences. For example, Charlie has one specific hairstylist that he sees, and I just take whoever is available. She's really good. <laughs> she knows my head shape. She gets it right every time. <laughs> I'm sure she's great. My hairstylist, whoever it is, we always talk about where am I from? What do we do? And have a lovely, uh, what do you call that, small talk? Yeah. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. We would like to provide a variety of voices and perspectives. So today we're joined by Kelly. Hi, guys. Hi, Kelly. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for having me. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Kelly. Sure. I am from the Bay Area. So I'm from California. Uh, did my undergrad out at Lehigh University, um, all the way in Pennsylvania. That's Lehigh, L-E-H-I-G-H. It's got a G-H at the end, yes. It's in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. So uh, <laughs> very churchy without being really related to the church at all. Uh, I played basketball out there which was great. Really? I did. Oh my gosh, we're a basketball family. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. Uh, it I knew I liked you when you walked through the door. <laughs> what position did you play? I was a shooting guard. I'm just kidding. I don't know what that means. <laughs> What's your field goal percentage? <laughs> Something high above 50%. Just kidding. <laughs> it wasn't. I wish it was that, but Steph Curry's like my idol. So anyway. Okay. He's a basketball player. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Steph Curry is a man? <laughs> yes. <Yep>. He <laughs> also has a modeling gig with Express. Oh. oh, yeah! I didn't know that. <laughs> I, I'm gay. <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> Great. Uh, well, today we're here to talk about what we do when church is hard. Okay. And, um, you know, we just want to recognize that, that church isn't hard for everyone, but sometimes it can be hard. And so we just want to talk about um, experiences that we've had and, and maybe how we've uh, worked through those experiences. Um, so I remember when I was younger, you know, I didn't self-identify as gay. I wasn't gay. I was not going to be gay. It was just a phase. And so pe- people would say some some fairly rude things, and it, it didn't really affect me. Like, I remember when Hurricane Katrina happened, and uh, someone said that right before Hurricane Katrina, there had been a gay pride parade in New Orleans, and this was, like, God's punishment. And I was like, oh, no. oh, okay. Like, it didn't really bother me. But as, as I, um, which that is not the right thing to say, by the way, um, but as I became more aware and okay with my orientation, uh, things started to, to sting a little bit that people would say. Yeah. Um, I'm actually a convert to the church, so I absolutely loved it as a teenager. I joined when I was 19. So the church-going experience was great for me. I'd say for the first eight years of me being in the church or, sh- or so, I'm now 29, so almost coming up on my 10-year baptism anniversary here. Um, yeah, but so my church experience had always been great. Um, I kind of figured out I was gay on my mission, um, so it was about 23, 24, uh, and that's when church started becoming a little bit more difficult, just trying to reconcile kind of what was going on with me and then trying to, yeah, put that in perspective with the church's doctrines and teachings. But So things with church started to get hard for you when you were on your mission. Absolutely. So it was, it's a fun time to figure out you're gay on your mission, uh-huh. kind of falling for a companion. Uh, thankfully, they had 
return the feelings to like I don't know thankfully or not it was also very hard having that um but yeah that was when church got a little tough it was easy to put it off when you're on your mission right to not have Mm -hmm. to think about it so that was great um but afterwards when you have to make some of those kind of marriage and dating decisions was when church got a little bit harder Okay. Yeah, that is also when church got hard for me. For a lot of time, church just made sense for me. It was what my family did. It was what I did. I grew up in the church, and I really loved it. I didn't start feeling conflict until I made realizations about myself, and then I'm sitting in the pew, and the place where I always felt so comfortable now suddenly felt like I was a stranger in. And I had to kind of look into myself and be like, why am I actually here? What am I getting out of this? And that's kind of scary when you've kind of based your entire life around a belief set and a testimony, but also around like the social aspect at church. It's what all my friends did. It's what I always did. And so that was just a really, it was shocking, honestly. It really surprised me that this place that always felt so safe and like it fit me perfectly suddenly kind of was a lot of times causing pain or making me uncomfortable. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I felt so much comfort at church. I was kind of the only member of my family to join and just loved it and it I faith had never really been hard for me once I started believing that was it I was good to go then and bought into everything um was a really like obedient missionary and and just absolutely loved it and so it was a whole new experience to kind of start to question some things at church that were being said or or just not know how to place it within myself it was it was tough yeah, I, I was very I grew up in the church, but I always loved it. Like it made sense to me. It was it was a huge part of my identity. And yeah, then when that when that kind of when something started to get hard, that was that was a really painful experience for me. So Kelly, what have been some of the things that have been hard for you at church? Probably a good example of something. So this last year is the first time I went to the Pride Parade in Salt Lake. Uh, it's a Saturday or Sunday Sunday in June. Um, So it was the first time I went to that. I left early to be able to go to attend my ward after. Um, And I remember I was sitting in the pews. I had like a fake rainbow tattoo on me and had some like rainbow nails, I think, painted on. Um, And I just remember at one point, I think a member of the bishopric and um, uh, my bishop maybe talked about the dark things happening downtown and... uh, I, it was mentioned a couple of times, and I just remember I was thankfully pretty comfortable in my own skin at that point. I was out, and I, I felt uh, confident with who I was and what I was doing, but it was tough. It kind of just made me think, like, you know, am I fully welcomed here? I didn't find mm-hmm. it to be a dark or bad experience, and um, again, I felt okay, but I just thought of, too, maybe anyone else in the congregation or the ward who if you hear that, you're you're not going to feel very welcomed there, right? And I know the bishopric wasn't meaning to make anyone feel that way, and but that was kind of the start for me of things that were a little tricky and just difficult to, to go to church at times. And along with that, just hearing kind of, you know, you're always hearing talk of the family proclamation and uh, just wondering kind of what your path is, right, in the church as an LGBT individual. Yeah, and even with that with that tough experience, what kept mm-hmm. you going? I always tried to put my spirituality and faith. It didn't all reside in my connection with the church itself. So 
having to kind of separate God and church in my mind was big for me. I knew I had, I wanted to connect with God still and be able to kind of hear him and, and see him in the world. And that had always been through church for me, honestly. Mm. It was how I was introduced to God. So, um, yeah, it, it helped me to have friends and family and a support system that knew who I was and was okay with it. Mm -hmm. And um, just trying to find and hold on to those things that did still matter to me, like prayer and just uh, podcasts and listening to hymns and different things. So that helped a lot. But I kind of had to change my expectations for what I got out of my church experience. Initially, it was kind of like you were saying, church and God were so intertwined because they're, they are, you know, the, the church was the way I was introduced to God. But it really helped me when I started looking at church as a framework that gave me tools to connect with God. Mm -hmm. And then when I would go to church, I wasn't, I was almost, actually, I would say I was definitely a more engaged believer because I was looking at it as a way for me to connect with Jesus Christ. And once I was able to make that transition, I was more okay if there was something that was painful about that experience because I could value the good and church became about my relationship with Christ instead of something I just had to do and sit through. My lived church experience, like my ward, has almost always been an incredibly positive experience. Like I first uh, came out publicly in, in wards when I was living in Tucson, Arizona. And I was in this one ward where I... I Everyone, like I came out in my first talk in the ward and everyone just like loved me and accepted me so much. I just felt so loved and welcomed and I didn't feel judged or anything. People just took me how I was. And I felt very similarly when I, when I moved uh, up here to Utah. Um, really the only bad experience that I've had personally where someone like I felt like was attacking me was um, I mentioned being gay in an elders quorum lesson and and afterwards someone said that I shouldn't talk about my perversions at church. And that, that was really painful. And I remember... Uh, walking down the hallway of the church and thinking, I don't want to come back here. Like, that hurt so bad. And then I remember pushing open the doors and just hearing this phrase in my head, like, forgive him, he doesn't know what he's doing. Like, I, I feel like so often when people are rude or unkind, or it's, it's because they, they just don't know yet. You know, for a lot of time, I kind of felt guilty for feeling like church was painful. And once I was able to be okay with my feelings and, and the way I felt at church, it kind of helped me be a lot more comfortable when I was there because I was going to the into the experience under the mindset that something could cause me some pain, but at the same time be really valuable to me. And kind of being able to be multidimensional about my church experience was able to help me stay. And that was something that was really important to me and, and still is, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's unfortunate. We kind of create a culture in the church that's an all or nothing experience. And they're really, it's hard to find a middle ground or feel comfortable in a middle ground. I remember uh, a therapist that I had gone to a couple of years ago. It's, I also totally vouch for therapy, by the way. It's wonderful. It's great. But my therapist kind of told me that uh, when she often sees when people are leaving the church or questioning the church, they think they kind of have to like burn the building down when they leave as they go. But she kind of suggested instead taking like a metaphorical backpack and taking those things with you that you still find valuable or like a good part of your life or that add value to your life. And so I just wish again, we could keep those things or if you are having so much trouble going to 
all two hours of church and reading your scriptures every day and doing all these things, like don't feel like you have to. I think you can take a breath, do what you can and what still makes you feel good and feel close to God. And that helped me immensely to not, I can't remember if it's like a therapist who said this or Brene Brown or one of my friends, but <laughs> to, not, <laughs> to not like should yourself all the time. So why should you have to do everything if it makes you more angry at God or the church? Like maybe just go to sacrament meeting if that's what helps you or just pray like once a day or so, you know, whatever it is that helps you feel close with God and connect with him. That's what helped me was to be able to think, okay, what can I give right now? And then sit in that and do that. But what I'm hearing you both say is it's so it's okay to sit in a space where church can be hard. Like it doesn't, Mm -hmm. we don't have to say like, it's, there's something wrong with me because it's hard sometimes. And also there's good there. Like, let's, like, let's look at the good and accept that sometimes this hurts, but let's look for the good things. Yeah, absolutely. I want to add that I've rarely had a negative church experience when everyone in the room knew who I was. Mm -hmm. So currently my records are in uh, the Manhattan YSA ward and I just love that ward. They, we do such a good job there of accepting everybody Mm -hmm. and kind of knowing where everyone's at. And that ward is so beautiful to me. Um, I had a friend and and he was dating a, a guy and they would come to church and they would sit together in the front row on the pew and everybody loved them. And they were welcome there and everyone knew I was gay because I, I just, I came into the ward. I actually wasn't even out publicly yet, but I was out in that ward and kind of the, the conversation and the tone and the shift was always one that, that allowed everybody to be there and to worship and to connect with God in that space. And so, yeah, actually Ben, something you said made me just think that most of the hurt I felt at church came from a place of ignorance in the in the way of they didn't know that I was gay. Yeah. So being open and honest with others has helped me feel a lot more comfortable at church. Yeah, and it sounds like there there's a lot that ward members can do to make church a healthier, happier place for us to be. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would definitely say I think even you know I've had some maybe not great experience with experiences with bishops or members of a ward, but I would still say that every bishop is really trying to look out for the needs of his ward. And I think genuinely does love his ward members. And so, like you had said, Charlie, if and it's terrifying to be open about these things, right? But I had I had talked to a friend kind of about this this topic and and who's he's also gay and Mormon. And he had talked about just if it is an atmosphere in the ward or things that bishopric or leaders are saying to maybe tell them kind of that saying those things has hurt me or others in the ward. And he said often we'll kind of go to church and expect it or take it as a, like a movie. Like when you go and see a movie, like you're there and you're going to see what's shown to you. Uh But we have like local congregations to kind of adapt to the needs of the ward. And I really think a bishop, and you know, if you said it respectfully and with love and just kind of said, hey, when you said this, I know we can't obviously change doctrines or policies or anything like that, but this made me feel like not super comfortable and here's why. I think that could go a really long way. Again, it's terrifying and maybe not for everyone if you're not in a place to like, you're not ready to come out or whatever it is, but I think that could help immensely. And as I've talked to bishops about things like that, they really are wanting to learn and understand. So, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, most leaders want to make their congregation the most loving, welcoming place it can be. Yeah. And just a, a little 
feedback can, can mm-hmm. help that happen. Yeah. Well, and I love what you were saying because it reminds me that we are part of the church. You know, church isn't this thing. Yeah. Church is an interactive experience, and we are all members of this church, and we can all create this space together. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the Church of Jesus Christ and the leaders. It's the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Absolutely. And that's what's so cool. That's what I loved about this church and kind of why I was brought to it was that idea of like modern revelation. And the church will just become this big like echo chamber if we all just parrot like the same things over and over and don't try to bring in this new, I don't know, new ideas or understanding or... Yeah, I just think that can be, and it, it, again, it's so scary, and I am not the best example of this in terms of bringing it up at, at church or in Sunday school or Leaf Society, uh, but I think it could go a long way if we raised our voices in that way. Yeah. yeah. What you were saying just now reminded me of the story in Ether chapter 3, where the brother Jared makes those 16 stones, and he creates this thing, and then he asks God to touch it and sanctify it. He says, look, I created this thing please touch it and sanctify it and make it this mm-hmm. light-giving thing. Right. And I think that that's something that can happen in our wards and congregations. Like we're trying to create this, we're trying to create Zion and we can make this thing that's beautiful. And then at the end, it's when God touches it and sanctifies it, that it becomes a beautiful light-giving source. But one thing I also want to say is, yeah. you know, it's not just comments at church that can be hard, but sometimes church teachings can be difficult. Absolutely. And I remember um, hearing a church leader say that the end of all activity in the church is that a man and his wife and his children will be happy at home. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that doesn't describe my life. So what's the point <laughs> of the church if I don't have a wife and a kid's happy at home? Mm-hmm. And at this point in my life, I'd already decided to, to stay single. And then I remember someone else saying that, another church leader saying that if you don't get, if you don't get married, the plan is halted for you. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, is the plan halted for me? So I decided to, to study it on, on my own and, and preach my gospel in uh, lesson two, which is about the plan of salvation. There's a big uh, box at the beginning of the, the chapter about uh, chapters in the Book of Mormon that teach about Christ and the plan of salvation. So I spent more than a month studying each of those chapters about the plan of salvation. And as I studied what the plan was and received revelation for what it meant to me, I saw that, that for me, the plan of salvation as taught in the Book of Mormon was about building Zion, developing Christ-like attributes, coming into, coming into Christ, and all these beautiful things that would help me help me progress. And so the next time I heard someone say, if you don't get married, you're missing out on the, the important things in life. And then I was able to say to myself, well, I've studied this, and what my life is about is becoming like Jesus and building Zion. Yeah. Ben, I didn't know that about you. And that's so awesome because I had a very similar experience with the same doctrine. What? Yeah. <laughs> In the same chapters of the Book of Mormon. That's that's amazing. And I think that's so... Oh, I'm just happy right now because church, like a testimony is personal. Our, like my relationship with Christ and my connection to Heavenly Father is so personal. And I think if you remove the aspect of that closeness, that intimacy with, with God, then like church, you aren't going to get things out of it and you won't be able to sit in conflicting space. Mm -hmm. But if we can take what we learn, um, and like the idea that I've always known how to pray, I, I have tools, I know how to search the scriptures and then I can take other people's experiences and the words of the prophets and apply that to my own life and, and get real 
raw personal revelation for myself, like that's so exciting and it just makes me want to stay and use all of those tools. So I recently read this book called A Place to Belong. It's published by Deseret Book and it's uh, a, a essays by Larry St. Women. And one of the first essays, it might even be the first, is on ambiguity and it's written by Virginia Hinckley Pierce Cowley, um, President Hinckley's daughter. And there's this part where she talks about personal revelation. And when you receive personal revelation, you won't be jealous or envious of other people's lives because you'll know that your life is in line with what God has for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so my question for you is, what personal revelation have you received that's helped you? Sure. Um, I actually had a pretty cool experience in the Provo Temple. And surprisingly, I wasn't praying about my gayness or being like what I should do or anything. I was just kind of there to... So there are other things going on in your there life. There were, surprisingly. But I remember sitting in the temple and I, again, thinking about other things and I just had this thought come into my head of like, kind of Kelly, you're gay. And I knew this at the time, but it was this kind of, I don't know that I had felt more like love or acceptance in that moment of kind of hearing this thing from God that I did know about myself, but I didn't really know how he felt about it. And it was kind of this... I am confirming that that is something that's going on with you and it's okay and I love you and we're going to figure this out. And I think that was the start of me, of even allowing myself to think about kind of options or paths I could take or just give me the freedom that it's okay for me to make those decisions Mm -hmm. um, and that God really would be okay and be with me, even if it seemed to slightly veer from maybe what, like the strict church doctrine on it. Um, But for me, that was kind of everything, right? It kind of let me like breathe a sigh of relief and know that this is going to be okay. And God knows this and he's here with it. And it wasn't a direct, like, this is what you should do, but it gave me the freedom to kind of explore on my own. What a beautiful experience. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what advice would you give for an LGBTQ member who, who wants to go to church, but it's hard for them sometimes? I'm also kind of looking for that answer too, <laughs> right? I think kind of like we had touched on earlier, finding a group, finding, and you don't always get to do this, right? Maybe if you're in Utah, there are several wards that you could go to and you can ward shop if you will. But I think finding a group of like safe people in a ward can be helpful or a group of friends or who, whatever it might be. So you can know kind of, even if things are said, and I, I, I really think everyone has good intentions and doesn't mean to hurt like you had mentioned too, Ben. Um, but kind of finding your little group within a ward too can help a lot. And I would say too, not maybe don't put such a high expectation on church that you should get a crazy spiritual experience every time you go and you need to love it and you need to support everything that everyone said. Like that's just not going to happen, especially if you're gay and Mormon. Um, Sometimes church is a little dull. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So I think not putting all your spiritual weight in how church was that Sunday, um, but just saying I'm going for whatever reason you want to go, right? And so you're going for that reason. Try to get what you can out of it. But then if you find your spirituality and doing other things later that day or throughout the week, then I think that can be okay too. So again, not putting this huge weight on what church has to be um, and just trying your best with it. 
I love that. Yeah. One thing I often tell um, my friends who are LGBTQ who don't feel comfortable coming to church, I say, well, if you do want to come to church, you don't feel comfortable, there's always room on the pew next to me. Like, <laughs> you, you can always come with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that reminds me of an experience I had uh, a couple years ago. I just, I I was feeling really awkward at church. I felt, I just felt weird and out of place. And I was really nervous to go to the next hour to the, to the gospel doctrine class. I just didn't want to go. And I had a friend there who realized that I was kind of being, I guess, jittery. And she was like, Hey, what's up? And so I was just kind of telling her and she was like, you know what? I'll sit here with you and we'll have our own gospel doctrine and we'll pick a topic and we'll study it. And so the two of us sat there. And that's exactly what we did. And that was one of the most beautiful church experiences I've ever had. And it, it stemmed from like a support system and, and something that was kind of like against the grain or unusual, but I was able to personalize it to what I needed that day. And it turned to be really beautiful. Kelly, what advice would you give for, for straight members of the church who, who want to make sure that, that, that church isn't hard? They want to make it a place where, where people feel welcomed and accepted. First, Maybe try to have a conversation with someone in the LGBT community. Um, I think it can always be helpful to say what experiences have you had that were hurtful to you or things that I shouldn't say, or has there been anything that I've said in the past that, you know, could have been better or caused you some hurt or pain? Um, Again, I think just finding a greater understanding for everyone, because a lot of times you don't know that things you say are hurtful and you don't yeah, mean it to be taken that way. But it is hard that, you know, church doctrine and policies are are how they are. And so you obviously won't be able to change anything there. But I think like you said too, Ben, just being there for someone, sometimes just if they know if someone is LGBT, but they know the person next to them who is straight and a very active member of the ward kind of doesn't care and still accepts them anyways, just showing love to everyone, no matter what their activity level is in the church or what you think they're doing in their life, that can mean everything. Just kind of treating everyone the same is great and means more, I think, than we can even like really know. But uh, One thing I recommend uh, is when we're talking about you know, marriage at church, you know, understand that there are people in the room who are LGBTQ. Um, there are people who might've been divorced. You know, when we're talking about all the, you know, any topic, you know, there are people who experience mental illness. There, there are people who experience loss and tragedy. Like whenever we're talking about anything at church, there are people who experience those things. So, um, we just need to be aware of, of who's in our congregation and we have congregations filled with the most diverse people, Um, and that's what makes them so beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I want to add to is not assuming that, yeah, kind of everyone in the congregation is in the same place or even thinks and believes the same way. I think that can be hard sometimes to sit in a congregation and, you know, after every testimony or every talk, we all say amen. And it's assumed we all agree with and, and think similarly to the person who spoke. Right. And I, I think, like you said, Ben, just being more aware that there are a lot more, uh, there's a lot more gray area in between just the black and white that we often see in the church. And so trying to be more inclusive or aware that others are out there and might think differently or be just in a different spot with their faith. All right. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for joining us today Mm -hmm. and for sharing your, your life and your perspectives with us. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Please remember that we do not represent the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or Brigham Young University. We are not trying to be prescriptive or tell anyone what to think or what to do. 
You have heard three perspectives and there are many, many more. We encourage you to listen to other voices and hear a wide variety of experiences. If you would like to submit a question or share a comment about today's episode, you can email us at questionsfromthecloset at gmail.com. Until next time.